0: deliberate about recruiting more men into the profession
1: to further dispel some of these misconceptions that are out there i think of all the time i have spent in my life caring for and about people fellow human beings it's just really indescribable
2: if more leaders were nurses the world would be a better place this is kathy driscoll chief nursing officer at humana Welcome to The Voice of Humana Nurses, a podcast about clinicians committed to improving lives. Join me, other nurses from Humana, and special guests as we discuss topics nurses care about. Hi, I'm Kathy Driscoll, Chief Nursing Officer at Humana. Welcome to The Voice of Humana Nurses. The World Health Organization has declared 2020 as the year of the international nurse and midwife, and nurses are everywhere in our healthcare landscape. Our nursing profession is constantly evolving to meet the contemporary healthcare needs of our society, and nurses make up the largest part of America's healthcare workforce. Nurses continue to be ranked as the most trusted profession, and the most recent Gallup poll puts nurses as number one for the 18th year in a row as the most ethical and honest profession. No wonder everyone trusts their nurse. But how's the industry doing as it relates to diversity? And today, we'd like to talk particularly about gender representation. What are the opportunities that we have to balance the profession's gender gap? Today, I'm honored to host Dr. Ernest Grant, President of the American Nurses Association, along with two of our Humana leaders, Travis Marone and Greg Billiter. Welcome to the voice of Humana nurses, Dr. Grant, Greg, and Travis, and thank you for being my guests today.
0: Thank you for having me. Good to be here.
2: So before we get into the heart of the conversation and we do introductions, I just want to say welcome to 2020, the International Year of the Nurse and Midwife. So happy Year of the Nurse, Dr. Grant, Travis, Greg, and to all of our Humana nurses and nurses across the nation and the world. I think it's a historic year for nurses, and I'm excited to see what marks this year will leave on our nursing industry. So let's start with you, Dr. Grant. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Yes, my background is in uh, critical care, and uh, I spent 36 and a half years in a uh, burn unit. And all during that time, as well, I was also involved in uh, my professional organization. Uh, you know, being a member of my profession was uh, was sort of grilled into me in nursing school. So I guess you could say that uh, you know it has just been part of my journey as uh, you know, as a nurse uh, as well. So um, and that's uh, that's pretty much
2: it. (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) 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 Thanks for that introduction. Um, So, Greg, you know, you're very popular in our nursing community for your amazing radio voice. So I'm glad you're back with us again. I think this is your third time on a podcast. And every time we've learned a little bit more about you, what would you like to share with our listeners today?
1: Oh, thank you, Kathy, for that nice intro. I guess the voice lessons are paying off, but uh, I'm really happy to be here with you, Kathy and Travis and Dr. Grant. It's great to meet you over the phone. Um, I would like the audience to know that I'm still just really honored to be a nurse for over three decades and certified in care management for 20 years now. Uh, When I think of all the time I have spent in my life caring for and about people, fellow human beings, it's just really undescribable, so grateful to be here. Um, I'm still directing the Humana at home transitions and long-term in-home programs, and just want to say hi uh, to all of the dedicated field care managers, managers, ADs, CMSAs, MedRec program manager, and Jessica, who make uh, this all possible uh, each and every day, uh, including holidays and weekends, so just really happy to be here. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Greg and Travis. It's not your first time on our podcast either. You too are becoming a seasoned podcast guest. Um, how about a little bit more about you, other than what you've previously shared with us?
3: Yeah, thank you, Kathy, for uh, having me back. Even though I don't have an amazing radio voice like Greg, um, and yeah, happy uh, happy uh, year of the nurse to the nurses as well. All of those out there um, to my team that I've recently moved from and to my new team. Um, So one thing about me, I've recently moved from commercial case management over to our uh, SNP team in the Medicare-Medicaid world. So I'm learning something new, very excited about it, and I have a great team and supportive leaders around me. So uh, that is something new with myself.
2: Thanks, Travis. And, uh, you know, a great point. As nurses, it's so important that we are... Um, continually learning and continually growing. Dr. Grant, you're the first male president of the American Nurses Association, and you recently wrote a piece around shattering myths about men in nursing. And When one of our nurses shared the article on our internal social media platform, it generated some great discussion and we all agreed that hosting you on a podcast to talk about this topic was really um, an important thing. What prompted you to write the article?
0: Um, well, thanks for the question. Um, there's there's several things. One, um, obviously uh the nursing profession today is more diverse. Um, you know, there's a lot more opportunities for, you know, people of minority backgrounds to get into nursing than it was when I first went into the profession, you know, years ago. And notice I stressed years. <laughs> yep, you know, the, the, the last study that I found though found that uh Nurses from minority backgrounds still represent fewer than one in five of those RNs in the workforce. And despite the the fact that the share of men in nursing is growing over the last sixty years, we went from like two percent to depending upon who you read, anywhere from ten to fifteen percent. You know, women still dominate the you know the, the nursing workforce. So, as an uh, African American and as the first male elected as the uh, president of the ANA, uh, I know that I'm a role model and, you know, am committed to elevating the nursing profession and increasing the diversity in nursing across ethnic gender. So, uh, you know, I guess the main reason that I wrote the article was that, um, you know, I wanted uh, minorities to be able to see that, uh, you know, people can rise in, you know, to very prominent positions within the profession, um, that we are dealing with a... Um, uh, profession. Well, America itself, you could say, is going from a uh, majority uh, was the majority white population to a majority minority population within the next twenty to twenty five years. So, I think the nursing profession needs to be reflective of the people that we serve. And one of my goals, uh, or when I first uh, took office a little over a year ago, was to expand the diversity of nursing and. Um, yeah, and have several different ways that I go about doing that.
2: Thank you. So it really highlights multiple opportunities that we have as we grow as a profession. Um, Correct. In your, in your article, you talked about, about not, and you just uh, kind of talked a little bit about 90% of the nursing workforce being women. And, you know, while it's been a great opportunity for many women, I think, you know, you really highlight that. There's opportunities to continue to focus on diversity if we want to reflect the populations that we serve, which I think we all can agree is super important. What are some of the factors <laughs> that you feel are um, are present that either influence or as or are barriers to more men uh, entering the workforce? Well, uh, I think
0: one of the things that influence Uh, that is that, you know, men like women, you know, we, we enter the nursing profession based on personal or practical, you know, motivations. You know, we're driven, obviously, by our desire to be helpful to others gender balance, Um, you know, there's a stereotypical image that is sort of applied to nursing in that it is still considered a female-dominated profession.
2: That's great. Really appreciate your insights. Um, Greg and Travis, let's talk a little bit about some of the factors that influenced you to become nurses. Greg, do you want to start?
1: Oh, sure. Uh, I was wrapping up a biology degree at the University of Michigan and I believe to a service fraternity, Alpha Phi Omega, and as I was contemplating how was I gonna apply this biology degree, I had a friend Kathleen who was in the nursing program at Michigan and she said why don't you think about nursing and to be honest I never had thought about it so um It was interesting, and as I began to research the profession, I was immediately drawn to the fact that it's a combination of real science and data and research combined with the art of caring, and it just felt very natural to me, and and that was it. I finished up that biology degree, I enrolled in a BSN program immediately, and finished that degree, and here I am.
2: Here you are. Travis? Yeah. Travis, how about you? What influenced you to become a nurse?
1: Yeah, that's uh,
3: funny, Greg, uh, we have a pretty similar story, um, although I was going for biology as undergrad for chiropractic, um, so I was in biology and realized that I didn't want to run my own business as a chiropractor, um, so I, I really still liked the sciences and I liked the medical field, so I had a friend of a friend that I started talking to and she was saying, hey, you should think about nursing, you know, the, the school I was going to already had a good nursing program. So yeah, started researching it and thought wow there's so much opportunity here to do different things and so yeah off i went and here i am
2: thanks travis so so dr grant it sounds like in both greg and and travis's experiences they were influenced by other people um, how how might we um, think a little bit more about that topic of role models i really liked um, you. you talked about the importance of role models at every level including in nursing educational programs, and, and probably way before that even. Um, you know, not everyone has the influences that Travis and Greg had to, to highlight nursing to them. What are some other areas that you think it's important that we cultivate role models for men in nursing?
0: Um, I think there's a, a number of areas, and a couple of things that I do, uh, even still as president of the uh, the ANA, is try to visit uh, elementary schools and uh talk to young kids and and needs to start in elementary school because you got to get them not only interested in the profession but also in the the courses that would be uh, required for them you know they have a good uh, firm uh foundation course you know we we take those stem courses and um you know so it's important that um uh you know here I am uh you know I'm Foot, six and a half, you know, African American. So, whenever I'm going into a classroom of fourth and fifth graders, you know, who knows, there may be, you know, some young male in that class is thinking, well, if he can do it, I can do it as well, or maybe have thought about it, but then again, hadn't seen that role model. So, I recognize that myself being a role model, um, you know, in that different perspective uh, may um, hopefully cause them to, uh, you know, to consider nursing as a career. Uh, the other thing that I uh, uh, is so my goal for this year is to have a talk with the uh, Boys and Girls Club of America. You know, they invite uh, uh, you know different professions to come in and talk to young boys and girls about um, you know these are some you know some options for you if you are taking those STEM courses. This is where that can lead you. And I am going to encourage them to invite nurses from their communities to uh, you know participate in those programs because it's extremely important that again they be nursing as a role model as well you know we are part of the community what happens in the community uh, not only affects those that we care for but it also affects us uh, as nurses and our families as well so uh, by uh, being that role model and standing up for you know things like you know good clean water and uh, fighting poverty or those you know social determinants of health if you will that's a great way for us to to role model and be able to uh, uh, work with uh you know school teachers and other members of the community as well to sort of dispel dispel some of those uh, stereotypes but uh, but also get them to see nursing in a different light and uh, role model that way,
2: yeah, I think that's so important um you know have this exposure uh, become the norm and and really have people start thinking about the importance of healthcare careers and, and nursing careers, um, especially as an aspiration from a young age. Um, just thinking about mm-hmm. all the things that those young minds can do to impact health in our society. Um, I, I Absolutely. really agree with you there. Um, Travis, um, can you talk a little bit about um, maybe how some of your earlier experiences as a nurse um, prepared you for your roles at Humana? whether you know, whether it was leadership experience or, um, you know, th- thinking about some of the things that Dr. Grant just spoke about. H- how did how did your past uh, prepare you for what you do today?
3: Yeah, so um, good question. it really, so I was, I did about five years of travel nursing before coming to Humana. So really getting to different types of units and different populations around the country really helped get that knowledge base, a real broad knowledge base that helps when you get here. Because, you know, when you're doing things like case management and authorizations and things, you you need that wide knowledge base to kind of understand and picture these members and these, you know, patients that are are needing our help. So I think that really helped having that, that broad knowledge base and also moving every couple of months to a new hospital, change, right? So there's always change here at Humana. So that that kind of helped me embrace change and just be used to it as part of, you know, life.
2: I'm sure it really exposed you to kind of a broad range of um, roles that nurses play and settings that nurses practice in as well. Yes. Greg, how about you?
1: I worked in a variety of uh, academic, internal medicine, inpatient, outpatient settings like Travis, lots of different roles and settings. And uh, that really helped me get the experience that I still, to be honest, apply every day in what I do now. the you know the foundation of that knowledge and experience uh, helped me, for example, today whether I'm working on our disease-specific best practice models or the clinical advisory committee that inf- that uh, determines where we go next on some of the actual things we do to. to uh, achieve clinical outcomes for the members we serve today or whether it's working on like with our trend, uh, uh, trend analytics and forecasting teams to determine should we do a randomized control study or a propensity match study uh, to measure some clinical outcomes of what we're trying to work on in the home so all of that background of knowledge education and experience still informs everything I do today.
2: Yeah, some, some real importance um, of background and, and thinking about how you can apply what you know and, and opportunities that you see in practice to, um, you know, to drive evidence-based practice in what we do and how we practice. Dr. Grant, I, I'd like to speak a little bit more about a subject we talked about earlier, and that is the importance of our nursing profession better reflecting the populations that we serve. On one of our previous podcasts, we were talking about culture, um, the important role that um, this plays, understanding cultural differences, understanding motivating factors and cultural norms, and and really how that can help to build confidence and skills for our clinicians, and uh, much more insight into the way that we practice um, when we engage with patients from different cultures. Um, can you talk a little bit more about some of the goals and some of the the things that um, you and others at the ANA have done to kind of promote this this uh, continue to promote diversity and continue to um, think about how we reflect uh, n- how nursing can reflect the populations that we serve.
0: Certainly, but I would be happy to. Uh, one of the things I think that's important to uh, for nurses to remember is think of yourself as representing if you will or you're the you know we want to provide you know wonderful you know quality care and life-saving treatment for those that we care for but but if we don't understand you know who they are where they come from what is their cultural beliefs uh you know how do they embrace um you know western medicine as opposed to you know a, a different culture that they may come from then we can't advocate on their behalf, and to go back with uh, what you had mentioned at the beginning of the uh, the podcast you talked about uh, you know for the eighteenth year in a row, we have been uh, listed by the public as the most trusted and ethical profession. you know we earn that trust for a reason it is you know it is because we're there twenty four seven we uh, we is included in that decision making. And uh so it's important that uh also when you're the patient and you know just imagine yourself in a facility when you don't see someone who looks like you, you know, it takes a while perhaps for you to, you know, to gather that trust with those that you uh you know who are providing care. But it's a lot easier if you see someone that looks like you, that perhaps comes from your background. You can form that instant bond. You can reduce the amount of stress, the amount of you know worry and things like this. You know, as a um, you know someone from a minority, you may be thinking uh, or be able to bring to the team. You know, this person is concerned about you know their hospital bill. They're concerned about missing out of work. They're concerned about. How are their family needs being met, or how are they? Uh, how is the family being fed while they are here? If they're the primary breadwinner, uh, you know, putting those things at ease. Sometimes they may not you know, know how to address those to, uh, to to non-minorities, and or or they will get around to it. But obviously, you know, perhaps sometimes they may be able to address that a lot sooner. Um, you know, by seeing someone that uh, is maybe from their culture who understands or that. Uh, we could, uh, if we are from that culture, we can, you know, uh, spell that out to the team that, you know, in this culture, uh, you know, these are the ways that you approach, you know, various things that, uh, you know, uh, or various procedures, et cetera, that may be involved in that care. So, uh, you know, those are just some of the ways that uh, the importance of the nursing profession being able to better reflect the population that we serve is to uh, really uh, be a part of, you know, the the patient and their community and and, uh, what it is that make this person or what makes this person different from the person in the next room.
2: Yeah, that's so important. Trust and building those relationships, those trusting relationships is such an important part of what nurses do. So really great points. I appreciate that. Dr. Grant, um, what, one last thing I'd, I'd like to discuss um, as we're kind of coming to the end of our time <laughs> here. If we think more broadly, can you just um, talk a little bit about why um, supporting nurses um, in their development as leaders is so important? You shared personally, you know, how you were, um, you know, your journey is a role model for other nurses, um, and certainly you have a um, a really important position and a platform to be a great uh, role model. Our listeners have heard me say this before. If more leaders were nurses, the world would be a better place. So, how should our nurses think about their development as leaders and furthering their leadership skills and their influence? What are a few things that they can think about doing?
0: Um, I think there's uh, well, first of all, thank you for that wonderful question because uh, you know you're <laughs> you're, you're you're right up there we're uh, talking about a, a topic that I love to discuss. Uh, nurses are natural leaders. You know, we uh, we do it as we advocate for our patients, and we feel comfortable about that. But sometimes, um, you know, jumping out of that uh, you know that safety net, if you will, um, is a little bit frightening and sometimes overwhelming. But but you know, nurses can and should influence policy and practice standards that impact the access to quality, affordable care, and, of course, advocate for health care overall. So, our aim uh, for this year is the Year of the Nurse and beyond is to raise the visibility of the nursing profession in policy dialogue and for a greater investment in the development and increase capacity for the nursing workforce. So, I encourage all nurses to raise their voice with the media by sharing uh, perspective about the value of nursing and nursing leadership. Um, we also encourage uh, people such as yourself, you know, chief nursing officers. I, I think this this podcast is a great way to, uh, you know for nurses to be able to be spotted as leaders and and uh, you know get things out to the uh, out to the community. Uh, but you know, as I sort of mentioned before, when we are in the community, part of that means, you know advocating, uh, you know, on behalf of, you know, people in the community. So that means going to the uh local um uh you know community meetings, maybe the uh the Board of Commission meeting or a member of being on the uh, school board or uh you know various things like that. There's lots of ways that we as nurses uh can espouse our leadership skills in so many different uh, different ways. And of course the most important thing is to introduce yourself as a nurse, uh, you know that uh, you know that's extremely important too, because again, it just reemphasizes that um, you know that trust that the public has, and so we should take every opportunity to educate other people about nursing and show our pride in the in the nursing profession itself. Uh, so I, I think as leaders, there's so many very different ways that we can you know espouse that. And I applaud you and the uh, the staff there at uh, Humana for all, you know, for taking on this, you know, a leadership role such as this, you know, exposing nurses to, uh, you know, various leadership opportunities that they could do and should be doing. Um, it all comes full circle mm-hmm. in that it helps to raise the nursing profession, but it also means that we're able to do more for our patients in the communities in which we live
2: really well said i appreciate that and it sounds like a topic we could uh, have another podcast on Um, really important so we're coming to the end of our time and I, i really would like to thank um three wonderful role models who are male nurses dr ernest grant and Greg Billiter and Travis Marone, thank you so much for being on our podcast today and for sharing your insights. And thank you for being a part of our caring nursing profession.
1: Thank you for having us. Thank you. you. Yes, yeah, thank you.
2: And to our listeners, thank you for listening to today's episode. I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play by searching the words, The Voice of Humana Nurses. And we'd love to hear from you as well. So send us an email at chiefnursingofficer@humana.com at and give us your comments and suggestions about topics or people you'd like to hear from or hear about. So until next time, thank you and be well.